Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Warby Parker. Get five pairs of glasses to try on in your own home for five days, for free, visit WarbyParkerTrial.com slash ring. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Weddings and fellow bride-to-be. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography, husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet. Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind-the-scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, ringers. Welcome back to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast, episode 56. 56. Why are we always excited about the next one? It's like, whoa, okay. Last one was 55. Now we're at, wait, what? What are we at? 56. Woohoo! Math. Well, <laughs> we're excited, Dan, because A, it, puts a, it takes a lot to put together an episode and we love putting together these episodes for for our lovely listeners which i am insistent to to get ringers to stick so we love putting together episode for our ringers and every time we sort of knock out another one it's like yeah we did it high fives nailed it it. daniel how are you today I'm good. I, we were just talking a little bit pre-episode about like the craziness that is the fall um, and things are coming down and, you know, we had a nice Thanksgiving. We had family time there and and now it's just a lot of catch up for me and I'm just really excited to um, one, get a lot of the like the finish up the last of my weddings, get those back to my my couples and then just have family time like this. This time of year is always like uh a great fulfilling time for me, it, like recharges me with the holidays. And, you know, we have a big New Year's party that we love. And then my wife's birthday's in February and uh, Valentine's Day and like all that stuff. I don't know. I just I, I live for that, like the time where like, we get to get together with friends and see each other a lot. And I feel like we do that a lot in in this winter. So, yeah, yeah it's just it, it's exciting. If I can make a video game analogy, I feel like somewhere mid-November, we all sort of like shoot off this ramp and we just sort of like bounce off of all the events and we're just like, wee, 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 ah, wee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Thanksgiving, fun, December, ooh, holiday shopping, yay, Christmas Eve, ooh, <laughs> like all these different things. Well, um, 
Yeah, it's very uh, exciting. I, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like this is the first year that my daughter will like – like we're like we, – you know, we watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the original, you know, like little puppet one with yeah. – uh, the light up Santa from forever ago where everybody's all choppy and it's got, um, the snowman the and ha- heat miser and all that. Or am nope, I thinking of something? Think so. Okay, great. Good yeah. Job. You're thinking of something else. Yeah. yeah. But so we're, like, she's watching Shocker. that. We, you know, we're not huge TV people, but, but yeah. we showed her that. And then we're also, uh, trying to get her to understand Santa and that he's going to bring gifts and like all these things. So it's like really fun. Cause she gets it this year. Um, so that's, there's another layer of that anticipation building. Um, and, and we're like, I'm just excited to watch her uh, explore those concepts and uh, just have some fun with those and be excited, you know, and see that excitement come out in her and live, you know, live vicariously through her and that kind yes. of stuff. So Christmas and, and the holidays change exponentially once kids are, are introduced into it. It just becomes a, a different overall experience. And I, I think it's very much for the better. I think it just it makes you just look at it for the, through completely different eyes. But it's just so ultimately magical. Yeah, it, it really puts you in a great mindset for the uh, like all these like amazing things to, you know, happen. Right. It, and it's funny that I say mindset because that's what we're talking about today. The wedding Look day mindset. You. Look that? at you. Mark point on the board for Daniel. <laughs> the score. Um, let, hold on. Let me tally the score. The score is now one thousand seven hundred and forty three to one. Good job. Dan. Wait. Yeah, Sorry. I have 1,743. You have one. Oh. It's a or big one, me? though. It's a big one. It's a one. big one. Yeah. I'm a big one. I'm a big person. Um, <laughs> yeah, this episode kind of came out of a couple of things. Um, I, I feel like over the last 10 years, I definitely get this same question over and over again, uh, especially when I'm meeting with new people during their planning process or whatever, and they say, you know, how are you as a photographer on the wedding day? Um, tell me about your approach t- because I can tell that – I can tell you that in large moments uh, of stress, I get anxious and need someone to distract me or bring me back to zero. And I hear that all the time. People asking me, you know, like, how are you? And a lot of people have a bad photographer story where they're saying, oh, the photographer was bossy or this or that. Um, and and recently I had uh, a mom come to me after the wedding. and She's like, if I just would have known how beautiful the photos were going to be, I could have relaxed more. And, and there's, I mean, we've, we've talked about these kind of things throughout this entire, uh, podcast, uh, seasons, all these different things, but we want to put them all into one episode, just some of the thoughts, some of the tidbits, uh, on, on this wedding mindset, like, you know, what is the wedding mindset and how can we, um, how can you prepare yourself for it to be able to relax and enjoy yourself and, um, not be anxious or stressed, you know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. And I think mindset is is one of those things um, that we're hearing a lot lately. It's a little bit of yeah. a popular term, right? Yep. Yeah. But not in like a not in like a bad way. Um, it's just I, I feel like self-care and self self-talk and care of oneself are are, are really big right now. Um you know, in a good in, way, like in, this is yeah, in a good way. so wonderful that we are focusing on in, in this big, bad world of the Internet that we have at our fingertips. I think yep. some people are using, you know, the power of Internet for evil and others yep. are really using it to spread good and spread yep. healthy mindsets and all of this stuff. So I'm so a I'm so excited we're talking about this, but I think this is a subject that you are so knowledgeable about and so oh. um, in touch with. So uh, unlike unlike other episodes. I you are gonna just 
nail this. No, I don't mean it like that. I mean, say I'm going to keep mostly quiet. um, And I'm I'm really excited for you to share this because I think it's something you speak really well on. um, And I think it's just going to bring so much good into the world, especially in a time of year where, um, you know, there's there's a lot sitting on everyone's shoulders. You know, there's a lot of stress as they're going. They're hitting those wee bumps. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's um. I feel like a lot of us kind of like float on this like level of communication with people that's not very deep, right? And we all have like some things that may be going on inside of us. And I'm going to get a little counselory here, but I'm not a psychiatrist or whatever. And if and if you're like really having a bad time, go see a psychologist or a counselor or whatever. But anyway, um, you know, a lot of us are like like if we could just reach out to people and just just like connect with people, I think that would do us a lot of good. And I feel like sometimes that that is what i think this time of year does for me um and does for you know a lot of people i know um this time of year is not always sunshine and rainbows for everybody but um but i think this mindset thing really comes a long way and like like you said before mindset is something that's definitely a a popularized term um if if you're in the fitness circles or 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 endurance athletes or whatever you might know of people like david goggins or rebecca roosh who are these like crazy um, ultra marathon, uh, you know, like Rebecca Roosh is crazy. She does like 204 mile races, um, and crushes it like right, right up there with a lot of the elite elite men. Um, David Goggins is this guy who, uh, you know, went from 300 pounds and inactive to being like a Navy seal. Um, he holds the world record for pull-ups in 24 hours. He ran a hundred miles on a track in like this short period of time with no training. Like he's just this crazy guy who talks about like having this mindset or if you want to talk about people who are not elite, they're just normal people who made huge changes, go to Instagram, type in at possible Pat or, uh, at fat girl fed up Lexi. Um, there, there's two amazing people who like possible Pat was 600 pounds. He lost, uh, 400 pounds just from changing his life. Just saying, I'm done with this. I'm tired. I'm tired of this crappy mindset. And Lexi, same thing. No personal trainer, no, no, uh, surgery, nothing. Um, she, she just said, I'm tired of being 600 pounds and it's time to exercise. It's time to eat. Right. And she just changed her mindset. She's like, it's time. Right. So it's like, talk about the, or, or, I mean, you can also talk about motivational speakers like Tony Robbins and Gary V, but you know, they're in a, a league of their own, but yeah, it's like, so, so why can't we take those concepts that are out there and apply them to a wedding, right? This is, it is a special day and you should be able to enjoy it. So it's like, how, but how do you do that? There's all this pressure and all these, um, traditions and opinions coming your way. So how do you start kind of managing those things? And that's what I, I hope to explore a little bit as we talk about this wedding mindset. Awesome. Let's jump in. So uh, let's start with the thought that what what is what is the wedding, right? Because th- mm-hmm. the the big to do that it is today is yep. is not necessarily what the actual wedding is. We've we've turned it into what it is, right. um, but but ultimately at the core, I would say it's it's not required, right? What do I always yep. say that you know? What do you need to get married? A marriage license, someone to marry, someone to marry you maybe a cute outfit, right? So yep. the party is everything else. The, the ceremony is the wedding, but the reception is yep. where most of your where your money goes, where the stress lies and is essentially at the core a party. So yep. what what is your what is your thought on that, Dan? Cuz I know you have a lot of good good thoughts here. Yeah, so so this uh may come as a shock, but like a, weddings are completely unnecessary, right? Like like the wedding day itself is a luxury. You don't have to have a 
reception. You don't have to have any of it. Like you said, what is it that you always say? Uh, You you need a marriage license, someone to marry, someone to marry you, and maybe a cute outfit. That's it, right? That's after that, you know, you're married. Um, So having this, all this other stuff just doesn't, you don't need to have it. So the point I'm trying to make is that since you don't need it, it's a luxury, you really can't go wrong in any choices that you make, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. There are traditions and opinions of what you should do, but not what you have to do. You know, like uh, like you've seen other weddings. People have been to other weddings um, and they they use those as like maybe those things can cloud their judgment. Like uh, those other weddings are not your wedding. They're not they're not you doing you. Do you know what I mean? So any decision you make based on that, you really can't go wrong as long as you stay true to you. Exactly. And I think maybe that's how we get down this rabbit hole is um, as generations go and years pass, everybody keeps attending these weddings. And by the time they get to their own wedding, they just feel like, oh, well, it has to be like that. Or I have to sort of fit it into this mold. And truth be told, you can do anything you like. Um, the whole the whole concept of all of this is is based off of um, what makes sense to you and wh- how yeah. you want to celebrate this lovely thing to you celebrating the fact that you're married might mean that it's just the two of you and you maybe have a nice dinner yep. or, or not even Done. at all. Yep. It's yeah. and that there is nothing wrong with that. So I think um, when you are going through this process of planning the wedding, I think it's it's important to sort of weed out what you do and what you don't want and to really look at it from eyes that are like, wait, we don't have to do a bouquet toss in order for this to be a wedding. We don't have to nope. do a two-course meal in order for this to be a wedding. We don't have to invite 150 people for this to be a wedding. We have to get, we have to get married and, and commit to ourselves. Um, that's what we both want to do at the core of this. So how, what does the rest of it look like around that? And like Dan said, you, you can't go wrong. Um, yep. It's, it's about doing what feels right to you. Yeah. You were, you were just saying about like not doing the bouquet toss or not needing to do that. And that's like one example, right. Of, of like breaking the mold, but there's like, I've got a wedding coming up at the, the end of December. Um, and they're, they're just breaking all kinds of molds. I love it. Like, um, there's, there's not gonna be really any introductions. There's the, the ceremony moves directly kind of into, um, the cocktail hour into the reception and they're, they're not doing, let me go back to the ceremony for that wedding. So, so there, it's going to be uh, modeled after a Quaker ceremony. So if anybody yes. knows what a Quaker ceremony looks like, it's like a communal ceremony where where the the guests almost help marry the couple. So there's a lot of standing up and testimonies and speaking about um, you know the the character of the couple and all these things. And it's kind of an an atypical. Um, uh, you know, way people do it, but it's just such a beautiful way. And what's interesting about this couple is that they, they're also already married a year prior on the same date. They, they went to a park nearby, had their sister, uh, the groom's sister show up and marry them. They had a self-uniting ceremony. They signed the marriage license, all that stuff, then went out to breakfast at their favorite restaurant and then went to work. And then like, like people were like, yeah, we got married today. And that was it. And like, that, that's just what they did. So then a year later, now they're doing this, that uh, they're doing a party, right? And um, it's going to be really sweet It there, you know, it's very family oriented, but it's not, it, it really breaks the mold in a bunch of different ways. And 
and it's totally them, right? Like they even break the mold in several ways. Um, and and it's just a really sweet thing that they are comfortable enough to say, like, you know, these these other things just don't feel like us. This, you know, big pomp and circumstance to be introduced is is just not us. You know, um, you know, they're not even sure if they want to have a first dance. It's so it's it's an exciting thing. And I think like like we've said, you know, you've been to how many weddings? Uh, maybe you haven't been to any, but you know that you're supposed to do a first dance. You're supposed to do a father daughter dance. You're supposed to do a mother son dance. You're supposed to do the cake cutting. You're supposed to do a bar- garter bouquet toss. But what are those things? Do you really need to do? And I think to to add to that, as you're talking, I'm 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 sort of battling with this thought of couples are going yeah. into wedding planning with the the almost the what the mindset unfortunately that you don't know what you don't know so sometimes it's really hard going into it and then sometimes the more you do learn and the more you do find out you're suddenly making decisions based off of like well i don't know i googled and this is the order of a reception and this is how it's supposed to flow but i almost challenge you to maybe throw those thoughts out the window for a moment and say if we were planning a party what would it look like? And maybe it's not realistic. Maybe there's unicorns and and acrobats coming down from the <laughs> ceiling, right? But then then reel it in. But what would it look like if you were doing that? Obviously, you have to work within, you know, the caterer or the venue or, you know, other things that you have going on. But if you were just planning this event with no other template and no other no other thing or website or podcast telling you what you should or shouldn't do what does it look like and then build upon yeah. it from there but i really yeah. i love i love the fact i kind of wish though um couples didn't have to be like well we're being really untraditional and we're not going to we're not going to have a guy with a microphone scream our names and our wedding party's names as we walk <laughs> into a room right like that feels like if you're not that type of person why would right. you ever do, do right. that? Right. If yeah. that makes you uncomfortable. But the, I feel yeah. like couples have to sort of set it up with this. I know I'm really weird, but it's like, no, that's not weird. That's totally yeah. fair. Or if you're like me and love being the center of attention, you have that person introduce you. And then when you get to the center of the dance floor, you just scream more, more, give me more. And then people cheer even more. And, and it's awesome. Um, but if you're not that kind of person, it goes both ways. Um Going back to that same couple whose wedding I'm doing at the end of December, um, one of the things I love is they just kept talking about their wedding as like a communal wedding. Um, and, you know, so they're they're doing a father-daughter dance, but it's all fathers and all daughters they want to do on the dance floor. And it's um, all daughters – sorry, all, all mothers and all sons on, on the dance floor. Um, so they're bringing out all those people to celebrate um, – parents to celebrate uh you know their children and and, you know the connection that they have and it's just like you know that's them um they're close to their families so you know why not in include them you know it's it's a nice nod right nice nice way to change things up a little bit um and make it their own love that that's that's where it's your party for everyone else that's where we talk about that in that what what makes your guests what's gonna make your guests feel good and you have to know your guests for some people doing that is not a good idea because there's so many broken families and turmoil and there's really not a lot of family there that doesn't make sense for you so it's it's really about knowing your guests and approaching it from from that perspective i love that yeah so there's um sort of shift gears a little bit and talk you know specifically about like how to view the wedding day right I, i mean i guess we're kind of in the same vein but but like there's really two two schools of thought or, or, or two views on the wedding day. And one is that, you know, it's only one day, go big or go home. Yep. Or, or 
you know, it's only one day. Um, you know, we've got our whole lives to lead. I want to keep it simple and put my money towards the honeymoon or a house or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like most people generally fall into those camps. Mm-hmm. Go big or go home. Um, it's going to be all big blowout party. Um, or, you know, I'm going to keep it super simple, small, uh, intimate family or no wedding or wall where we're going to elope, you know? Right. Both of which being very relative also right. to you, a big right. wedding might mean 50 people. It might mean 600 right. people. It's, it's all right. relative in, in how it all goes down. Right. And, and there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Let me just get that in there and say that. But, um, I guess the more that you do you for your guests, the more fun that they'll have, right? Remember that that you're designing an experience in your taste for these other people. And the more that you stay true to yourself and creating something for these people to come and enjoy, because remember, it's, you know, a night, a day off for them that they get to enjoy themselves. So the more that you like think about those people, the the better the wedding is going to be. Does that make sense? Very much so. Um, and I think, let me put it this way, you are, you are creating an opportunity for people, your friends and family to come together under one roof for a happy reason. Uh, generally speaking, weddings and funerals are what people don't miss, right? Right. So having people together, regardless of what you do with them there is going to be a great thing as long as you just stay true to who you are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more about this. I want to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, how to prepare yourself for this um, and really blow your minds at the end of this episode. But uh, before then, we're going to take a quick little break. uh, And when we get back, we're going to dive a little deeper. Awesome. Today's episode is sponsored by Warby Parker. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free with glasses starting at just 95 bucks. Their home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses shipped straight to your home so you can try them out for like five days. After five days are up, you can easily send them back using the prepaid returning shipping label with no obligation to purchase. You you did this, right, Danielle? I did. So when I did my trial, I actually wore them around for most of the day. I got a feel for their comfort and how they looked, and I was able to snag the opinions of the people that I saw throughout the day, including the, my friends on social media. And funny enough, most of the people um, picked the glasses that were probably the least comfortable to wear on my face because I have a big head. So I was able to get a feel for them. Otherwise, I would have, if I just went off of looks alone, I would be absolutely regretting my decision today. So yeah, I was happy I got to, uh, you know, with, when you have them for the five days, you get to feel them out. So that was cool. Yeah. I remember you posting the pictures and people voting on them and stuff. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, so, so when you place an order for glasses that you like with your prescription, Warby Parker gets started on them right away. So you have them crazy fast, like in a week and a half, if not sooner. Yeah. And since we know that as a listener of this podcast, you have a pretty big heart. Aww. For every pair of glasses <laughs> sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need, which is really awesome, you guys. So to order your free home try-ons today, head to warbyparkertrial.com slash ring. Seriously, Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk and stress free with free shipping all around. Visit warbyparkertrial.com slash ring to get started. Now back to the show.
Okay, so we're back from that lovely break. Dan, before we before we took that break, you were sharing so much of your um, really interesting uh, views and, and information about all of the wedding mindset, right? That's what we're talking about in today's episode. Yep. And I know for the second half of this episode um, that we want to sort of get into it a little bit more and really talk about how you can best approach it. And and we, we want to sort of open up our souls a little bit and share things that share things we've seen and share things that um, we've we've we felt even personally to try and give you as much good information as possible as we always do um, and I think Dan a great place to start would be talking about the fact that your wedding day um, and we don't mean this in any way to um, discount it or make it any less than what it is but it is a 24-hour day just like every other regular day. one where yep. things will go right and things will go not as planned, right? Yep. Yeah. And so how you handle those those hours in that day are completely up to you. Um, and so you, if you notice and recognize that things are going to go wrong, you can mentally prepare for them in, ahead of time. So you can prepare for the little things, right? Everybody's able to do that and everybody's able to brush off these these little things like what happens if the transportation is a little late or something, whatever, you, you know, you get over it, whatever. Um, but what happens if something big happens? Like, um, like the moment you're about to put your dress on, you notice there's a rip in it right, right in the middle of, of where your chest is or something like that. How do you handle that? How can you prepare yourself to handle that? Um, I've seen that happen and, and it was tough. It was a tough situation. Um, because, uh, this bride felt like like the dress was ruined for her, and I, I part of me like like what are you gonna do? It sucks. That did suck, um, but but the thing after it, thinking back on it now, and what she would say uh, is that the wedding was still amazing. That like only one person out of the entire wedding was like, oh my gosh, did you see you have a little hole right there? Um, but the wedding was still awesome. It still went on later. The moment that she saw her groom as she was walking down the aisle, everything else just melted away. And and it's funny how like these little perspective shifts uh, can still make everything worth it. Can still like just distract you from from what feels like the worst possible thing. Right. I wonder, does that come from the fact of all of the pressure that sort of put on couples for your wedding to be this perfect day, that when the slightest blip on the radar, and I'm not saying a rip in the dress is like, no big deal, that stinks, yeah. That's that yeah, sucks, it does. but in the green scheme of it, like, may, maybe it's maybe it's really not the end of the world like it feels like it might be in that moment but we put so much pressure on this one day because if it were any other day you'd go eh. oh well you know I spilled a little bit of coffee on my shirt ah clean it up not a big deal <laughs> that happens on the yeah. wedding day it is catastrophic right and I yeah. think it's yeah. because you're in this mindset where you're 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 just striving for perfection and we know more than anything that perfect is is just not logical it's not reasonable right we yeah, want yeah. to expect that some things are going to go wrong. Now, I think to be devil's advocate, you don't want to spend the entire months leading up to your wedding day preparing for every last little thing to the point where you have yourself so full of anxiety and so scared on your wedding day that any little thing is going to wrong, but maybe I have a plan for it, but what if I didn't think of something? You don't want to go right. into it like that, but you do want to know that, you know what, it's, it's okay if some little things, you know, if some some little blips hit the fan, but I'm just going to focus on being around my favorite people 
marrying my best friend and partner on this planet and Mm -hmm. just having a great day of, of celebrating and doing what I can to just stay in the moment of what's happening in that time frame. But I just think, I think it's hard to do that when you've got everybody around you saying, oh my God, it's going to be the best day ever and your day's going to be perfect and da, da, da. That's why when it starts to rain, everyone goes, oh my God, it's raining on my wedding day. You know, like this is awful. No, it's cozy and it's wonderful and and it's it's beautiful. Like, like look at all of this, but. The rain brings so much life, you know? Right. The only thing that's that's adjusted on the wedding day when it rains is outside pictures. That's yeah. it. That's oh, it. Maybe outside, an outside but ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. But like like have you I've definitely been to some good parties where it was raining. Or Absolutely. like what about singing in the rain? Or what about the beauty of the rain? Like there's there's many things, right? Um fun fun fact. Uh I had a wedding in September that was completely changed by the rain. Outdoor ceremony with a beautiful view behind it had to get changed to indoor um you know all the pictures we were going to do outside with uh, the wedding party and the couple completely changed and uh, i really like this couple and so what we did is um a month later we went back up there and we took some photographs of just them mm-hmm. uh, we spent about an hour like you know all over the side of this mountain walking around going to places um on the mountain that you wouldn't normally get to if you were there during the wedding day. And I should mention that the couple put their wedding garb back on and it was great. Like they, they were like, you know what? During the wedding day, I, this was such a bigger deal than I, I thought it was like now. Cause like once you step back, you look at the wedding day objectively and you have like a little bit of clarity about it. And she's like, and if anything, I get to put my wedding dress back on again. So like when we went back up there, she put her wedding dress back on. He rented his suit again and they, they looked amazing. They got flowers again and it was so fun. And they got to have dinner at, again at, and, um, and see their reception space and, and just see this like beautiful clear day where now the, the fall foliage had had a chance to move in. And it was just like this, like this little silver lining, right? Like, yeah, it kind of sucks you know, that the, there was some rain on the wedding day. They didn't get to have their outdoor ceremony, but they also had this like other amazing extension of the wedding by being able to put their wedding guard back on and go to places, uh, you know, at their wedding venue that they typically wouldn't have gotten to on the constraints of the wedding day, you know? Yeah. And I think if the only reason that you're bummed about the weather shifting things for you and shifting the environment is because of the photos not to discredit photos, Dan, because what you do is, is a wonderful thing, but it's the yeah. day's not about photos. We've said that many times. Right. It's like the day's right. not a photo not, shoot, right? The day's right. about you and your guests and celebrating this beautiful thing. So try as best you can in that moment to say, wait, what, what, what really is the problem here? Because at any point, you can either hire your photographer again or, or do whatever you need to do. Throw those clothes back on and go take photos. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's no shame in that game. So nope. if it's just the wo- if it's just the photos that you're like, oh, but this, then it's okay. Say, you yeah. know what? That's not what we planned, but we've got a great plan B. Let's rock and roll. And yep. you see everyone around you completely shift their mindset with you. Yep. That is an amazing thing. Can we can yeah. we I want to talk. I want to talk about all that stuff a little bit more. So I know you've got so much to 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 go through, but I just want to break down this like the being in the like in the now on your wedding day. Yep. Um, and I know Dan, you have a really great analogy for this. Will you yeah. share that? Yeah. So so when I prepare my couples, maybe that at that like month out meeting, um, I love to use this analogy of of the wedding day is like being on top of a mountain, 
right? Uh, you you don't just get to the top without some hard work and some preparation, some planning, right? So, so at some point, you know, you're like you're like working through the foothills, right? You're just like trotting along and things are good. Um, and then and then it's like it's easy hiking, uh, but that inevitable, you know, like harder work comes, and that inevitable push for the summit comes, and then like then all of a sudden it's 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 like all you can think about, and you obsessive over every little detail, and then uh, you know you're like. Uh, looking at your footholds, trying to find like the perfect ones in your handholds and you're obsessing about every little detail because one little slip could mean life or death. And you're so involved in your own movements at carefully choosing each handhold and foothold um, and that you forget you've got a lifeline attached to you. And no matter what you do, you can't fall. You, you can't fail because you've got someone by your side with you along for the ride to protect you and make sure you're safe. They're holding on to you and you're holding on to them. You're connected and that connection, it, it never ends. Uh, when you get off the mountain, they're still by your side. But the true gift is when you both summit the mountain together and you're on top together. You realize there's no more work to be done and you thought it would never get here. And all the planning and the wondering and hoping but you did it, and there's not a single thing left to do except just sit down, breathe it in, and survey your land. Look out at that beautiful view together. You don't have to check the riggings. You don't have to gather any of the gear. All the guides are going to come and do that. There's, you don't have to climb down because the helicopter is going to come and get you. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and soak it in. The hardest part is behind you, and now you just get – and now you just get to enjoy the view with the person who you love most in this life. That was beautiful. Ah, that, that, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different analogies. You know, you can't study for the test on the day of the, uh, you know, on the day of the test or whatever. It's like the work you put in beforehand allows you to relax. So like like that that big push is is always the the crazy part because everybody's worried about all these little things that they need to get done. But you guys, it's gonna be amazing. And then you know what's gonna be awesome is the day after you're gonna be married, <laughs> and you get to you're you're committing your life to this person. You make that decision. You try to stick with it. Done. Yeah, I feel like it's it's equivalent to um, a really hard workout, right? The whole time yeah. you're doing that workout, you just feel like you're dying and there's no way you're <laughs> going to get to the end and you just hate every, well, this is me. You just hate everyone and everything <laughs> and you just want it to end and you want to sit on your couch and eat jacks forever. Um, anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> but you know, like, but you, you do get to the end and when you do, you sort of collapse and on the floor and you feel wonderful, right? Like you did it. There is this sense of accomplishment. The endorphins are going and you just feel like, yeah. And then you are crazy enough to do it again the next day because all of that hard work was worth it. It was worth yep. that great feeling at the end. And this is a situation where you're going to put in a lot of work and there's going to be a lot of struggles, but you're going to get to that day and it's going to be just, just wonderful, right? Um, yeah. I, I I can't stress enough, and I, I mentioned it a little bit before about how your um, 
your the way you react on your wedding day um well actually if i have a fun story when i was younger i had a jewelry business and on every single piece of jewelry we had a little tag that said you can't control everything that happens to you but you can control how you handle it and i think that is so true on your wedding day because guests will absolutely feed off of your vibe off of your vibe if you're having the time of your life um whether you're playing in the rain or standing in the middle of a mountain as the sun is setting your guests are going to try and match that energy that you're bringing if you're stressed they will feel it too um there is just so much um that can happen and and will happen yeah that you know, it's it's just very much about how you handle it. And I think if you're looking at it like Dan just really beautifully put, that you're you've you've climbed and you've you've put in all this work and you've gotten to the top. Now you just get to stand at the top and take a deep breath. If it's raining when you get up to the top, it's not gonna take away all of the hard work you put into getting there. You know what I yeah. mean? You know what? It's probably gonna feel good if it's raining when you get to the top because <laughs> you've been sweaty and gross and your hands are probably all like bloody from the tiny finger holds you've been holding on to or the thorns from the roses that you pricked to put in your mason jars i don't know whatever it is. all right sleeping beauty <laughs> settle down over there <laughs> <laughs> though i guess to be fair those people did not have their hair and makeup done all morning so the rain in that sense is not always gonna feel so bad. but no i yep. i i think it's just one of those things and i think dan dan can attest to this too we've seen people handle hiccups beautifully and we've seen people handle hiccups in ways that afterwards i think they may have regretted a little bit and and there's no judgment from us that's okay you know? exactly yeah um but you know? what we want to share with you is that there's going to be stuff um that that inevitably happens and if not oh my goodness buy a lottery ticket that day too because luck is on your side and that's such a wonderful yeah. thing but yeah. there, there's going to be things that happen and i think the more you um, get yourself in a healthy place in your mind and get yourself in a place that you are able to handle things things like a champ and yep. move on to the next thing. That is going to be the difference in how you feel that day, how you approach that day, and how you look back on that day. The memories that you make that day, do you want your memories to be about the fact that, you know what, I was kind of a you-know-what all morning because, um, you know, my mom was really bugging me and my sister was driving me crazy and my brother was not doing at all what I said he, he was supposed to do and all of this <laughs> stuff. Or do you want to be like, yeah, my family's crazy. Let's have a ball. Like, how, how yeah. do you want to look back on the day? Because I can tell you 100%, I am a person that in that situation would be stressed to the hilt and, and, yeah. and snapping and being snarky and giving attitude to people that don't deserve the attitude. And I don't want to be that person. So the more that yeah. I can say, like, hey, Danielle, I know when you get stressed, girlfriend, that you are not the shiniest person. So what are you going to do to um, head that off and combat that? What can you do for yourself? What can you do for others that fills you up in a way yeah. that you're putting yourself in the best mindset possible for that day? Um, yeah, that's this, what I have to say. That's that's sometimes tough to do. So I actually yeah. want to give you a little bit of bravo for just being so self-aware and, and being able to talk to yourself like that, you know, say, hey, okay time to just like tweak this a little bit and be aware of that and say you know what it's gonna be okay yeah. you know that's um i'm a i'm a personality that the more i can sort of 
look at um, my future self uh, objectively and say, hey, you're going to be in the situation that's probably not going to bring out your best. What can you do to maybe <laughs> avoid that a little bit? That when yeah. I get into that situation, I'm no longer panicking and going, yep, yep I feel that way. I thought I was going to feel, but what did I say I was going to do? I was going to do this. I was just going to breathe and um, I'm going to like refocus or I'm going to like look at that little note I wrote down on my hand that says, calm down, girl. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> And, and that's going to be my approach. It's a much different outcome for me. Personally. Right. And also, like, uh, does does checklists and planning and, and worksheets and all that kind of stuff help mitigate some of that for you? Very much so. But I also recognize that not everybody works that way. I think it's about right. knowing yourself and, like, continuing on that journey of trying to figure out yourself to know what is my best approach here for me absolutely it's list upon list upon list we had friends over this past weekend and i created a whole pages document of the food that needs to be prepared <laughs> in order so that i could print out and give to um, mike and i so that as we you know got ready for them to arrive um that he wouldn't have to come to me because when he comes to me and is like okay what next what next what next he's doing that from a great place it drives me up a wall when i'm like i don't know just make the guacamole but if i print out a list of <laughs> cut the tomatoes cut the jalapenos mash up the like it we just work so much better so for me that's my way of going ah i learned from this in the past this is what I need to do for myself. And if you're a person that digs checklists, that day make yourself a little checklist. Hey, make sure to put on the Spotify playlist that I made. Make sure to um, put the champagne in the fridge. Make sure to, um, you know, watch that video of how to tie a bow tie for, so that I can help all my groomsmen, you know, get their get their bow ties. Like just little things that you can do to be like, to make you a super, super woman man that day, you know? Yeah. And if you if you need like a macro view of this, uh, of the whole entire planning process, if you're a new listener, especially go back to episode two, go to our website, put a ring on a podcast dot com slash zero zero two and then download the amazing uh, wedding planning checklist that Danielle made. It's much different than the like the <laughs> templated ones that you'll find on, you know, the big websites. Um, it's very useful. She it's it's just amazing. So go check it out. Um, use that and then make yourself feel a little better by just seeing how much you've actually done because you're amazing. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of weight into just checking things off a list. It is such a little um, a little rush. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've done a bunch of stuff today, create your checklist at the end of the day. Put all the stuff that you've done on there. Then cross them all off because that looks awesome. <laughs> Dude, I, I have um, – so I – I have a checklist that I work off of every day. It's what runs what? my life. I know. <laughs> big surprise. On my checklist every day is make your bed. Every single day it comes up, make yeah. your bed. Because I learned, uh, and when I turned 20, 20, or <laughs> when I turned 23, <laughs> when I turned 33 um, this year, um, I recognized that the days I made my bed, I felt significantly better um, anytime I would go into my room. And I work from home, so I see my room a lot. Um than the days where I didn't make my bed. The days where I didn't make my bed, there was this like little voice inside my head that was like, oh, you didn't even make your bed today. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, right. It's it's those little things. But I needed to put it on my checklist so that when I did it, I went, made my bed today. Boom. And when I don't make the bed, it sits there looking at me. Danielle, make your bed. Make your bed. So I just get it done. My, my bed is made and it's my check off the list. It's really funny that you say that because that's one of the things that I learned from Tim Ferriss. And for about the last mm -hmm. month, I've just been I'm, – I'm, 
I'm really good at just like getting out of bed and going right to work. Yes, um, which is that's not not always the most productive way to do things because then midday I start thinking, well, I haven't done anything for myself today, and then that eats at me as well. And so I take like that little. 15 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes sometimes to make my bed, do just a little bit of movement and get, you know, and then make my cup of coffee, you know, and sometimes I gotta take my daughter to school or whatever it is. So it's, you know, it's, it's doing some of those like little things for myself. But uh, one of the things I've learned from you and from my wife is, is a one checklist does not work for me. One checklist mm. kind of freaks me out because I look at how much stuff is on the checklist and say like, I didn't, I didn't even make a dent in it. And so, uh, uh, what I did is I started, I, I broke it down. I have three checklists, one master one that everything gets attached to. And then I've got, uh, an A and a B and a C. C is basically the master checklist that everything gets attached to. And that's to do this month. And then I look at my week on Sunday, Monday, and I say, these are the things I need to do this week. And then I have a daily checklist that I only put three things on. Cause I'll tell you what. It's super weird. If I've put 10 things on my to-do checklist today and I get seven of them done, that like you would think that would make you feel awesome, right? But I feel less good about myself than if I just put three on there and clear my entire three off the list and then add another mm. one and clear that one off. So like I, I, put, I put less on there and that helps me feel motivated. Like even though I got more stuff done, I didn't, I didn't clear that 10. So I just put three on there, focus on those three. And then if I need to, I'll put another one on there. Then I'll go to my weekly checklist and that seems to work for me. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's funny. Like these, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting because you were just I like, yeah, I got one I list, couldn't. I'm done. I could not work like that, that I need, yeah. I need a lot on my list so that at the end of the day, I need to clear my list. That said though, I only put things on my list that I know I can and will get done for the day. If I can't, I, but I'm also, um, I think one of my superpowers is knowing my, knowing my limits and what I can and can't get done in, in terms of the time that I have. So, um, yeah. that's just interesting how different people work. I actually want to share two books, um, that I haven't books. finished, but I'm in the middle of, uh, but if this is like something that you ringers are interested in and want to learn more about two books that I'm finding a lot of value in are, um, the miracle morning, which is Dan, what you were talking about, how, when you do these things in the morning, uh, you really set your day up in a way that people are finding these insane amount of, of results from. Um, so one is The Miracle Morning by Hal, Hal Elrod. Um, and the other one is Atomic Habits um, hmm. by James Clear, um, which it's just a way to like break bad habits and, and start new good habits. And um, both books are just, they're, they're done in a way that really speak to me. And if anybody else is hearing this and being like, Oh, this is what I struggle with too. I highly recommend both. Um, yeah. Dan. I'm going to add one of those, uh, a book that helped me because I feel like we have different kinds of minds. Um, Winnie the Pooh. So I yep. <laughs> What's that? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. It's a faith guys. It's a faith. Um, <laughs> there's um there's a book that I read that changed my morning as well, but it's a book specifically written for creatives. Uh, mm. It's called Manage Your Day Today, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus, and Sharpen Your Creative Mind. It's by 99U and Jocelyn Glei, G-L-E-I. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But it's yeah. interesting because uh, it, like I used to read it in the morning, and the chapters are only like – two or three pages long, <laughs> um, which is like perfect. Cause I like, I, like, I, I want to get up and start running and going right away. Mm. Um, and thinking, cause I'm thinking about a hundred thousand different things. And this was really good to help me kind of like, uh, 
uh, focus and break things down from my creative mind. That's that's not good at thinking about a hundred thousand different things and breaking them down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. I feel like you. That's what you excel in. You're like, okay, I've got all these things. I'm gonna do them all, and I'm gonna be amazing <laughs> at it. You know, <laughs> no, that's not necessarily the case. I just I think I'm good at um, breaking them down into the most efficient way possible. That's that's my jam. Oh, yeah. one final book recommendation. So um, Harry Potter is this, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's, <laughs> it's a great series. Um, it's by this really unknown author, um, but it's it's worth the read. I will say that. <laughs> uh, I just have, I, I, actually, I just, I just have one final book recommendation too. <laughs> we just went back and forth for like 20 minutes. No, no actually just one more. One, just one, just more. one more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's a good spot to end right there. Thanks everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We love you. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys. You can find the show notes for today's episode at PutAringOnAPodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials. Yep, I am at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. Finally, know that you are awesome. And no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt. Yeah, it is. Bye, guys. Bye.